Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Issue 138. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. And this week we are continuing our Mutant Madness Bracket Challenge. We are in the last week of our first round picks. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to talk about a little charity uh, thing we're doing. We're doing a fundraiser. We've teamed up with several other podcasts, uh, X Reads, X is for Podcasts, Comic Book Queers, the podcast that goes snicked, and the Cerebros to help raise money for the <laughs> Comic Book Industry Charitable Foundation, uh, B-I-N-C. And they are doing a Comic Book United Fund, which is trying to raise a bunch of money to uh, donate to local comic book shops, which is, you know, how Clark gets all of his comic books and how the rest of us uh, get random ones for gifts. (laughs) (laughs) You can make donations to the BINC Foundation directly at their website. You can go to the BIC Foundation, I think, .com. Uh, They've got a Comic Book United uh, fund. So if you just Google that stuff, you'll find it. We're collecting all throughout the month of May. Um, if you want to donate, you donate on the site, take a screenshot of your donation and any of the podcasts you want to donate to, um, you can send it to their podcast, either at their email address or their Twitter. And each of the uh, monetary donations has different tiers. So if you donate $5, uh, you know, you can get a shout out on Twitter. If you donate $25, you can get a shout out on the podcast. And if you donate $500, you can get a, uh, a chance to be on whatever, a guest on whatever podcast you'd like. Uh, if, if, you know, between 25 and $500, if you donate some random weird amount and you have a weird request from us, maybe we'll honor it, who knows, depending on the request. Um, so we'd like to go ahead and uh, give a big thank you to Brian Ferrato, um, who is at, he was on Twitter as a gay, at a gay millennial. Uh, he donated $25. Thank you so much uh, for donating Ooh. on behalf of our podcast and being just like a wonderful person. We love mm-hmm. you. You're fantastic. Actually, uh, Brent, he donated $0.25.88. So Ooh. I want to just... So I, he went above and beyond. I think the so thank you, Brian. I think the $0.88 cents was uh, like a, a credit mm-hmm. card fee so that he had donated a flat <laughs> But he gave $88 for the cause, and that's what we really care about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't skimp. Um, also, okay. um, j- just really quickly, Brent, um, if you want to donate to us, uh, you can email us at homosuperiorpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at homosuperiorx and either email us or uh, send us a direct message um, th- uh, that you've made the donation. And as Brent said, we'll either give you a shout out on Twitter. Uh, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast or you can be a guest depending on those uh, amounts that Brent mentioned. All right. Um, So let's jump back into our mutant madness bracket challenge. Um, We are doing the last of our first round picks. This is going to be our paramilitary challenge. Um, But where we stand so far in the scores, uh, it is a very tight race right now. Uh, We have four people who have the same exact score of 21 points. So congratulations to Timothy Harkin, Evan Cooper, Mike Moon, and Brett Manns. You guys are in the lead. Uh, It's anyone's game. Uh, A lot of people did very well in the weird miscellaneous. So congrats to everyone on knowing exactly what's supposed to be going on. All right. So the rules, uh, we picked the, uh, we selected the teams, matched them up decided which ones are good. You guys voted yourselves, which you thought was best. And then we're voting to figure out which of you is right. Uh, So Clark, do you want to kick us off with the paramilitary section of our bracket? Yeah, so this chunk is basically just a bunch of X-Force teams. Um, There are 10 of them that are X-Force teams. The other six, we just kind of shunted over from the main X-Men section that we did three weeks ago. Um, Most of these teams are bad. So that's good. So as Kaylin said, this has been a really difficult week for reading. It's just been a slog for many, many of these series. So before I go into anything, I want to go into the quick, very, very quick, the 10 X-Force teams, just like 
quickly go in order of time. So it started off with the New Mutants X-Force cable team where cable created a teen soldier group out of the New Mutants. Immediately after that, part of the same series, they, they joined back at the X-Mansion and that is the post-cable X-Force group. That is after Strife shows who he is and Legacy Virus shows up. After that, same, same um, group is Counter X-Force, which is when Pete Wisdom takes over and makes the small strike force of the X-Force. And that is all X-Force 1 through, I believe, 115. Mm-hmm. And then we 100 get... 100 to 115. I'm, no, the whole thing from 1 to 3. Those three groups oh, are yeah, 1 yeah, yeah. Yeah, So group right. number 4 is, now it's a whole new numbering system. We've got a Decimation Era, which just happens between Messiah Complex and Second Coming. And Cyclops needs a new X-Force team to destroy the purifiers. And then that ended, numbers ended, new numbers started. This is group number five now, Uncanny X-Force, which is post-Second Coming and goes through Schism. That's when a new apocalypse is born and Wolverine needs a new team to stop him or stop a version of him. Uh, Group six is six, seven, and eight are like just on top of each other, on top of each other, nonsense ones. Not Some are good, but that only lasts about 15 to 19 issues. Um, Cable and X-Force happens right at Schism and then goes until, um, excuse me, sorry, happens at, right after Avengers versus X, X-Men. And that's just, Cable's got some future visions and he's got people to figure it out. At the same time, Psylocke has a new team and Bishop's back with a bear in his head. Um, right after, <laughs> right after okay. those end, um, all new Marvel now X-Force happens, which is Cable needs to stop some guy and there's explosions. Um, so those all happened literally in three years succession. They were all just on top of each other. Then we had to wait a little while, thank goodness. And then after the original five X-Men went away, we had Young Cable's X-Force show up and Cable's dead. And then, nope, it's Young Cable starting it. And then now we got today's with Krakoa X-Force, which is, you know, just the mutant CIA that Krakoa Island has. So those are the quick 10 out of the 16 in time order, chronologically done, done, done. All right, now we're going to go random out of order again and do it based on our bracket. So starting off with Uncanny X-Force versus the Genosha team. So in Uncanny X-Force, when a young apocalypse is born, Wolverine and an archangel bring together a team to stop a new age of apocalypse from rising. When Phantom X kills and later clones the Apocalypse Child, Archangel becomes heir to Apocalypse and must be stopped. That is Uncanny X-Force, starting in 2010. 1 through 35, Rick Remender is the creator, and Jerome Opena and Azad Ribich are the uh, artists. Uh, Wolverine, Psylocke, Phantom X, Archangel, Deadpool, Deathlock, and Age of Apocalypse Nightcrawler. Okay. <laughs> and then that goes up against... <laughs> The Genosha team, which existed for all of four issues. Um, it's the Age of Extinction. Um, no. Age of Extinction. I typed extinction, everyone. Age of Extinction. Um, X-Men. It's, it's where they got long dreadlocks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they just kept growing it out. The X-Men are no more. They've all gone their separate ways. And Magneto's mad, and he kid- kidnaps Professor Xavier, and Jean Grey has to gather some assholes together. Uh, that's <laughs> Uncanny X-Men 2001 and X-Men 2001, uh, 392 and 393. And then for X-Men, it's 112 to 113. Scott Lobdell, Salvador La Roca. Characters are Phoenix, Dazzler, North Star, Frenzy, Wraith, Omerta, and Sun Pyre. So what's going on, folks? Uh, okay, so Clark, I, Clark. Yeah. Let, let me just say thank you for explaining how confusing X-Men is in general because <laughs> that was so much information where you didn't know where it was going and that's what truly the x-men is so it i appreciate yeah. that yeah yeah even uh, going over the timeline doesn't make any sense uh with these two teams that are going up against each other uncanny x-force uh is something that i hold in high regard and both between the art and the writing i think it's one of the best series in the bunch um, and it Certainly. sticks out as a, a clear winner from the beginning. Um, yeah. I, I will say that I put up this Genosha team, which isn't a formal team. 
that you guys all made fun of me because it was not a formal table. No, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, rereading all of these issues, I know more than ever that this team should never be considered a team because it is I was truly trying one of the worst remember, teams ever. I was trying to remember who put it up. Ryan, you are now my mortal enemy because <laughs> having to read these it was four oh. issues. It's two issues of Uncanny, two issues of X-Men. I, these were, a, all of these were mostly, most of these were a slog to get through. This was the worst. I was like, now I remember why I stopped reading X-Men for such a long time. It's these issues. They were so bad. Here's it was, if we're looking at the best, we're also looking at the possible worst. And yeah, yeah. it's nice to see these two up against each other. I agree. Because Genosha really did no favors for anyone. This Maybe. was my fourth worst. There are ones Jesus. that are worse than this for me. There are wow. quite a few that are worse than this for me. Um, Clark, only because wrong. it's four issues. Only because it's four yeah. issues long and you can get through it without well, having to read a 40-issue run that's that bad. It, so what, it, it fully brought North Star into the mix. Sure. What, was, what made was it... the first time he was an X-Man. What made what? it so bad? Because I remember, like, as a kid reading it, or actually more recently, like, maybe even just, like, five, ten years ago, I was like, it was just all the character, I remember all the voices were misaligned, Magneto made no sense, it was like a horrible mission, and everyone was just, all the X-Men were just missing for some reason, like, let's just shit on it, because we obviously, I think it, we're going to know. At a certain on. point, yeah, it was ridiculous, because like, uh, characters like Kitty Pryde, she was like, I'm at school, and you're like, okay, well, that's not a reason. <laughs> yeah, Kitty. most, literally, like, when I read it, I was like, why exploded. did they all leave? It's, um, so it really was the, when when they say like a ragtag group, like this is quintessential what they meant, and this is how it could go so bad. And just yeah. and they it, in this process they created literally the worst character that's ever been in the X Men, Wraith. Um, I think. Oh yeah, Wraith um, was worse than Omerta. What was? I don't know. They're both pretty bad. I don't know. What were their whole deals again? One was homophobic, the other one could turn invisible. Yeah. But That's just his skin. Power. Just his skin could turn invisible. Yeah, just the skin. <laughs> That's so you can an Avenger Brothers guy. character. Yeah, That's it really Avenger is. Brothers character. Well, then. So wait, why did, why did Kitty, uh, what was her excuse? She had to go to school? Then that's she had, why a, she had, she had her own um, series at the time. Yeah, yeah. She was in college. Karma. Yeah, don't worry about that's it. Like, that's like Superman going, guys, I can't help today. I well, write the reason was this series, these, these issues weren't supposed to exist. Scott Lobdell has finished his whole storyline with the, the legacy virus being stopped. And then yes. there, was like four, there was like a chunk there between that ending and Morrison showing up. And they're like, let's just drag some shit out so this seriously appeared. it's it was totally fill in yeah. clark is totally right All uncanny right. x-force though Given that this um, is... oh, i don't sorry, even want just... to talk talk about okay. uncanny x-force because it's so phenomenal to even compare it to these two is is an it's so good you've yeah. got, so got a while to talk about that one yeah. i assume <laughs> yeah so, i agree uh, okay thumbs up if you think uncanny x-force should go forward Thumbs down if you think the Sawdust team, the filler Genosha, should go forward. So for X Force, Adam. Okay, five to zero. X Force is uncanny. X Force is going forward. I almost wanted right. to keep my finger down just so, just to say, like we should keep talking about this. <laughs> this is a hard debate. It's really difficult. <laughs> Great. Mind. Okay, group number two is Cable and X Force versus Extreme X Men. All right, so Cable and X Force. What I need is a team, an outlaw X-Force made up of folks who can do work, good work on the run. After the events of Avengers vs. X-Men, Cable is without his techno-organic virus. He begins having painful visions of the future and gathers X-Men on the outs with the regular teams to stop the threats. After a mission goes wrong, the team are labeled mutant terrorists. And that is Cable and X-Force 2013. 1 through 19, traders are Dennis Hopeless and Salvador La Roca. Characters, Cable, Domino, Colossus, Dr. Nemesis, Forge, Boom Boom, and Hope Summers versus Extreme X-Men. The front cover says, now it begins. <laughs> okay. Extreme. Chris, Chris Claremont brings together a new team, which at this point sounds like a personal attack against my person. The X-Men are on their hunt for Dusty's diaries. Then it goes stupid. Extreme X-Men 2001, 1 through 46. 
And then Uncanny X-Men 4, excuse me, 2004, 444 through 474. Good Lord. There were 46 issues of Extreme X-Men? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I only read some of those. I didn't read the Uncanny run because I just couldn't. All I remember was Dinosaur Rachel, and I just wanted to die. Um, <laughs> that's Chris Claremont, Salvador La Roca again. He had a busy couple decades on this. Alan Davis, characters of Storm Bishop, Psylocke Rogue, Sage Thunderbird 2, Gambit Cannibal, Lifeguard Slipstream, a bunch of other fucking fools. Lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that all happened. So, um, was, was I will say one. Could he swim after 30 minutes, earlier than 30 minutes after eating? <laughs> no. Right. It was a she, Brent. Lifeguard was a she. She was a she. Um, I will say one good thing about the one good thing about the extreme X Men era is the art in Uncanny X-Men, the Uncanny X-Men part of it, which is Alan Davis, who is one of my favorite artists, bar none, mm-hmm. one of the best X-Men artists ever to exist. Uh, and it's so funny that Salvador La Roca drew ex- the Extreme X-Men series but, and also drew Cable and X-Force, <laughs> but the art in Extreme X-Men is atrocious. The coloring, it's the coloring mostly. Yeah. It is horrible. day glow. Like, it's, it's just like your eyes like doesn't know where to focus. It's all so bad. Yeah, when I first um, looked at it, I was like, oh, it looks, the illustration's good. And I was like, wait a minute. It's just like a big haze. It's, of like, it's so Ryan, 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 do you yes. seizure in agreement? <laughs> I seizure so hard in agreement. There was one issue where, like, I think it was just because the art was so bad that Cannonball was just caught in a net for, like, like most of the issue just being like, what? What? And I'm like, you, you made the net afterwards. So, like, you just made him caught in a net with that. It's terrible art. It's awful. So, the Cable and Cable and X-Force is a really, really underrated series. I thought it was really well done. Excellent. Um, I love all those characters. Dennis Hopeless is a good writer. He also wrote the Jean Grey series that we read uh, a couple years ago during the Resurrection um, era when it was about young Jean. So, like, he's clearly very talented, and he's got a – he knows how to capture the voices of these characters. And what I liked about it most, it was like, it, they were like the anti-group of Havoc's Uncanny Avengers. Like, like the Unity team that he put together with Rogue, Scarlet Witch, Captain America, Thor, and Wolverine. Um, so I liked like they were, they, they were always kind of in um, opposition to each other. Uh, and it was just like, it was a really kind of a fun time for Marvel. Um, I wish it had gone on for a little bit longer, but... I mean, this is like a no contest thing for me. Uh, like, Cable and X-Force has got to move on. And, you know, yeah, I enjoyed it when I, when I first read it. And then rereading it now, I, I absolutely loved it. I wish it had continued instead of we had to yeah. suffer through the next one we're going to talk about in a bit. Um, the, yeah. the character voices were so spot on, it was crazy. Like, every single thing seemed like something that would happen to these characters and how they would react to every single thing sure. that happened. Yeah. There's there's not a lot of big like villains and like uh, big stuff, but it's about character moments, yeah. and I think that's where that one shines because it gets all the voices pretty spot on, which is really refreshing to read. Um, yeah. While at the same time we have Extreme X Men, which is like Claremont once again trying to venture into characters that he thinks he knows, but has probably um, he's probably outgrown at some point. Like it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't feel right. None of the characters yeah. seem right. This is a storm-led team, which should be like a thousand gay points, but it, it just feels so wrong. And that yes, art, like you said, Caitlin, just it's so off. It, it feels chaotic and like chaotic. It's just so to kick it off, the one thing I did, uh, I remember reading it and I fell off after a couple of issues because it was so bad. I mean, that was when I liked, I tried to reboot my reading experience and did like new X-Men, extreme X-Men, and then the uncanny, uh, the really shitty run. And yeah. I remember at least for extreme, like I liked the very like story focused, like mystery box because they were hunting down uh, Destiny's journals or whatever. And I was like, that's interesting. I didn't really get all that far with it. Oh, no, exactly. It was just into anything. Really disappointing overall. Like, bad introductions of new characters that were like, I mean, Lifeguard and then Slipstream, like, they never came back again. They were silly powers. They were boring characters. Um, it, but I did ex- like the idea of what the, 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 the comic could have been. Extreme is in the title, Adam. Don't you get it? <laughs> Extreme. Extreme X-Men made me active, actively dislike 
every character on this list, except for Cannonball. Like, I literally have had to build up interest in all of them again, including Storm. For mm, so yeah. long, I was, like, it literally ruined her, ruined all of them for so long, because they couldn't be used by Morrison and actually become good characters again. Yeah. We had to suffer right, through so crap. They had to suffer through Claremont version 7 afterwards. Like, literally, I, I don't know. I suffered Let's and had to deal with better characters having to bring them up. All right. Uh, all in favor of Cable and X-Force going forward, thumbs up. The, the fives have it. All right. <laughs> forward. All right. Clark, what do we got next? Okay. This um, is the post-Cable X-Force, which rereading it seems like quasi-misnomer, versus Psylocke's X-Force. So post-Cable X-Force is X-Force uh, starting 1995, uh, 44 through 101. Creators are Jeff Loeb, John Francis Moore. The X-Force moves into the X-Mansion, goes on sanctioned missions, but also just doing haphazard stuff with no real reason. Cables are, cables are. Characters are Caliban, Warpath, Meltdown, Chatterstar, Domino, Sunspot, Siren, Moonstar, and for a thing we call post-Cable X-Force, Cable for about 30 issues. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Who wrote this one down? Uh, Number seven. Psylocke's X-Force. A random team happens, then Puck's talking about vaginas, and then Bishop shows up, and he's a bear man, and spirals in a dance club drug dealer, and then there's an owl lady and three Phantom X, all fuck Psylocke, and then my hair burn my house down. And Kenny X-Force, <laughs> Volume 2, Episode Issues 1 through 15. Sam Humphreys, Ron Garney. Characters are Psylocke, Storm, Puck, Spiral, Bishop, Cluster, etc. So, Clark, I don't know how you feel about these two teams, but I will say um, they're both pretty crazy and not that good. Um, Jeff Lowe was was put on this uh, team to actually, like, try to – sales were, like, declining pretty yep. extensively. So they were, like, trying to get sales up again. And he revamped it for a little bit, where a couple of issues actually worked. Um, and reading the previous issues and then reading his run, it really did add some energy to the actual run of it. Um, the team, the team is for X Force is pretty much set. <laughs> I mean, we know who the X Forcers are at this point, and to see them up against this weird Psylocke team of like all these newbies, which I would be normally excited about, but like this Psylocke team was in a weird progressive way, really fun and interesting, but the execution was probably one of the worst that I've seen in any run. It was terrible. It was Phantom X, which was a really known character, was split into three characters and it made no goddamn sense. It Sure, it was a little bit gay, which I will give it points for that. Yeah. But other than that, it was just psychotic. Like, like oh, who else do we want to include? Puck. And then they just throw Puck in like it makes any sense. But they they were literally told, you're not going to get a full run. This is not an ongoing. This is a limited series. And so just deal with it. Just fucking do something different. And it's very clear in the writing that they had no idea where they were going. They just wanted to do cool concepts. It, that wasn't My, even cool concepts, though. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, it was executed terribly. I completely agree. Um so like, the whole thing about Bishop coming back, this was like, they were trying to redeem Bishop after the uh, Cable series where he was trying to hunt down Hope because yeah. Hope's existence meant that his dystopia would come into creation. And so the way they rewrote that, or <laughs> retconned it, excuse me, was uh, he was possessed by the demon bear. Yes, the demon bear from New Mutants. <laughs> which makes which no is- sense. They've never interacted before in their fucking lives. Wait, which is in the new upcoming movie. Yeah. Going Meanwhile, out in August, New Mutants. That's never coming Stay out. Tuned. Connecting uh, quickly to what we had just talked about with Cable and X-Force, Forge had also gone through weird fucked up stuff where he was quote, quote, a bad guy for a while. And in yeah, that series, yeah. the series we were just talking about, we fi- find out that Adversary had taken over his mind and had been the one responsible that for makes that. that makes sense. But at least that's a character he's had a huge amount of history with. Exactly. Versus, but you um, forget, Caitlin, you forget that Hope is going to create Bishop's future because she was possessed by the demon bear as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like... Demon bear happy hour. Yeah. 
Bishop killed billions of people. They literally say that. Like, I don't care that you had a demon bear in you. You murdered billions of people. That's why they had to put like a uh, phoenix down because they're like, you cannot bring back a character right. that just killed an entire planet. Like, Bishop should be done. So uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the. Uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, post cable X Force from the nineties. Yeah. It's back when Jeff Loeb was actually not a terrible writer. Like he was okay at the time. And I like what they did was they brought them back into the X-Mansion and they were like almost like a kind of an arm of the X-Men. But the book really gets really interesting is when John Francis Moore takes over as a writer, who's very underrated. And they were clearly, they were like, this is just, we're going to go take a road trip. Yeah. So like every issue felt like a hangout book where they were just like running into stuff. And it was kind of exciting and kind of nice. And the art, we didn't talk about the art. Adam Polina drew most of this run, and he is a very good artist. He's very good. Uh, so it was a very nice-looking book, even during the 90s when there was some pretty dodgy art happening throughout a lot of Marvel comics. I enjoyed um, Francis, the Moore's run. Like, I just liked the characterization that was flowing through. We had Moonstar yeah. back. So it was just interesting to get a bit of a new mix in there. Yeah. And, oh, no, the one other thing. Um, that I didn't mention that is going to be mentioned quite a bit in the next couple of weeks. Psylocke and Phantom X does nothing for me. And we have to deal with that a million times. And yeah. Psylocke's X-Force, this was the worst of it. We had to suffer mm, through agreed. that a billion times. Her fucking three different versions of them, blah, 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 blah. Exhausting. Okay, I'm ready to okay. go. All, All right, let's take, a, yeah, let's take a vote. Uh, all in favor of post-Cable X-Force going forward. Get a thumbs up. Give it a thumbs up. We've got... Fives across the board. All right. It's rigged. The judges are rigged. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, in a weird way, you guys are. Uh, <laughs> Clark? All right. Rise and fall of the Shi'ar Empire, X-Men versus the all-new Marvel Now X-Force. Um, so rise and fall. A powerless Professor Xavier gathers a team to go right his deadly genesis wrong and stop the evil mutant Vulcan, a.k.a. Gabriel Summers. Vulcan has taken a fight to the Shi'ar before changing his goal, marrying Deathbird, and crowning himself Magistor of the Shi'ar. It's uncanny um, from 2006, issues 475, and includes 494, but that's Ed Root, Baker, and Philip Tan, characters of Professor X, Havoc, Warpath, Rachel Gray, Nightcrawler, and Polaris. And then we go back to Earth for a little bit. We have Hepzibah to it and Storm. And that is against Hepzibah all new... from <laughs> Wicked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She would actually do very fucking well. In the yeah, she'd do better on the team, actually. <laughs> all new Marvel now X-Force. The log line um, that I wrote, because it was a quote in the first issue, was mutants need a dirty trick crew. We're on it. And now I desperately <laughs> want homo superiors tagline to be mutants need a dirty trick crew. We're on it. Oh, my God. Did we get yeah. leather jackets? Uh, yeah. I'll bring dirty, the pockets. I'll mutant, bring the pockets. Mutant and the dirty feet. trick crew. Uh, Cable and Hope are involved in explosion, and Hope's in a coma. And Cable now has to have multiple cloned versions of himself a lot. And then Cable gathers a team to stop a billionaire from making more mutant bombs. And then Phantom X is a fucking mess still. And that's X-Force uh, Volume 4, Issues 1 through 15. That's from 2014. Creators Simon Spurrier, Rock Hickim, and characters are Phantom X, Mero, EVA, I don't know, is that a speller? I don't know. Eva, yeah. Dr. Nemesis, Psylocke, Forget-Me-Not, and Hope in her meme form. So, um, yeah. This, How did it get the name Marvel now? That was the slogan during the time. So all the, all the like series were being revamped into number ones at the time. So all the X-Men line, all the Avengers line, the entire line was called Not Marvel Now. And with an exclamation point and Gross. screaming at you. Yep. Like, sick. Pretending yeah. like you're going to feel something. All right, Caitlin, what were we going to say? So, uh, yeah, this, this X-Force team is unreadable. It's just, I mean, Simon Spurrier is a decent writer. He's, he's written some good stuff. And the art has a very interesting uh, perspective to it, but it's an unreadable comic. Um, the Rise and Fall of the Shiro Empire X-Men is a really kind of a fun series. It's right on the heels of... Um, finding out that uh, there's a third Summers brother, Vulcan, uh, Gabriel Summers. And he goes off into Shi'ar space to try to take over the empire there. 
And so Professor X, who has lost his powers but regained his ability to walk at the time, or, um, puts together his own group of X-Men. And in the first issue, they go and steal a spaceship, which is a great way to end a first issue as far as I'm concerned. And yeah. I, love the, I love the team. Um, you know, I know last week I talked about how uh, the Havoc-led Starjammers didn't feel like X-Men. This, uh, weirdly enough, still feels like X-Men, even though it is a complete space opera. Uh, it feels like um, they are just transposing uh, these characters I know and love, and uh, they're just doing more and more space shit with them. Um, it's a it's it's a good run. It's really good. I didn't enjoy as much as I remembered enjoying it, and I think it's because I don't see the point. Like I don't think Nightcrawler or Warpath really did all that much. It felt like the characters that they're going to bring back to Earth were just kind of there in preparation for us needing to use them on Earth later. It's, I, I see your point in that, like maybe they don't feel like uh, fill the certain role that they were trying to do, but I think they were trying to bring big characters from yeah. the X-Men world into it. Um, Which I don't they were then going to use later and not really that much at, in the actual storyline of Rise and Fall. Yeah. Uh, I First and foremost, I don't know why this is really an uh, X-Force ancillary we we explained at, at paramilitary paramilitary was also um about purposely going out to mission. attack somebody because we were struggling with how to add six more teams so this one was added in order because they were proactive they were proactively going after someone that explanation also makes me feel the same way i feel about the marvel now x-force which is i don't care about it and why are we here? I'm glad Marrow is there, but other than that, who cares? You're glad Marrow is there? No! Mero I love Marrow, and if <laughs> Do you, you don't like her, <laughs> shut up. I was, just about to, I was just about to say, I, the reason why I did it, when I didn't know either of these teams from reading it, but I was like, nobody likes Marrow, so I bet that team's uh -huh. gonna lose. <laughs> For someone to rip their own bones out of their body, and throw them in some sort of weird way that's precise, like darts at someone. That's pretty cool. I believe you mean Bonerang, like her uh, wonderful sound effect from Marvel vs. Capcom. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I it, it's not a good run. There's nothing to be rejoice about this. The art is weird. It just feels strange. I read and... the run and did not, uh, I counted. Mero says the phrase, I want to eat your spleen three times. It's not just like one. I want to eat your spleen. She has multiple <laughs> yeah. E's involved. Like yeah, but that's a classic. That's a classic spleen expression, Clark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like, don't, don't attack my uh, sexual fetishes at all, please. During okay, this all right. Can I ask a practical question about Marrow? Did she like rip out like a finger bone or something, or was it like her femur? Because her femur, oh, femur. Your bones are pretty necessary for like keeping you upright. She like grew them, doesn't she? Doesn't she? Yeah, she, like she can grow body. them really fast, and then she we, throws we them. Learned, oh, okay. We we learned in this that in order to get some version of her powers back, she had to abort her baby. <laughs> cool. that's, oh. And that's and why that Ryan reason, loves her. We'll vote. Uh, yeah, let's yeah. move on to voting. With that, that's the greatest yeah, ending right. to the debate. Uh, uh, Unplanned Parenthood. <laughs> thumbs up if you think uh, Uncanny X Men should go forward. Let's see the thumbs. Rise and, rise and fall of Shi'ar. Rise, rise and fall of the Shi'ar Empire. Yes, yes, yes. That's what we were talking about. All right. The fives have it. Let's uh, keep going. All right. Magneto's X-Men versus X-Men. <laughs> I right to say X-Men disabled. But, you know, that's fucking <laughs> exactly on the point. not wrong. Hey, let's not be ableist. <laughs> yeah. The disassemble isn't much better. The Terrigen Mist ravages the world. Magneto gathers the deadliest X-Men as a strike team against threats to mutant survival, including the Dark Riders, Implate, Someday Corporation, and the Inhumans themselves. Uncanny X-Men 2016. One, issues 1 through 19. Creators Cullen Bunn, Greg Land. Characters Magneto, Sabretooth, Psylocke, Archangel, M, Mystique, and Phantom X. And versus X-Men Disassemble. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to keep reading that. The X-Men are gone. Thought dead. We're actually in the age of X-Men reality. A back for the dead Cyclops causes the remaining X-Men to hunt down and kill every bad guy ever, and it goes bad. Uncanny X-Men 2019. 
issues 11 through 22. Matthew Rosenberg, Salvador La Roca for the 30th time. Uh, characters are Cyclops, Wolverine, Havoc, Madro, Madro. I'm still going to call on that until I die. Magic, Juggernaut, Karma, Wolfsbane, Banshee, Hope, and Chamber. And that we, was a rough go. We read this series, and I don't even remember half of those characters being in it. So that proves because how they died immediately. <laughs> That's like there's such a zero impact from this book. I nobody, feel like nobody mattered except for Cyclops in that run. Truly. So uh, this was a weird time frame. So I think both uh, stories and just both runs like fall into this time frame where they're like they didn't really know what to do. It was like building up to something. So, but the good thing about Magneto's uncanny X-Men run was they were trying to be like, uh, we hear that Psylocke is a little bit more devious now. We know that Magneto's involved. We have Sabretooth there. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's a devious team that had intentions to do darker things, but doing, doing it in the right of what would be good for mutants in general. So yeah. uh, I, it, it didn't have bad characterization. It was kind of fun, honestly. I enjoyed it, yeah. Uh, compared to this X-Men Disassembled, which was literally like, these are the X-Men that are currently not in, uh, what what was that? Age of X-Men. Yeah, it was, it was literally like every character that wasn't in that happened to be in this. So let's try to make them do something. And it was so stupid. So what, we're, what are we going to do? We're going to just have them be murdered. Especially Rain. Especially Wolfsbane. Yeah, who is literally murdered on a park bench, just minding her own business by some fucking bigot. It it does does such a disservice to that character and also just the entire run. I really liked it. I really like this writer, but he really just went off the rails in mm -hmm. such a crazy way. This poisoned my interest in anything he's ever done. It really I agree. made me feel bad. Yeah, I think just I remember a, being. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Brett. Oh, what were we going to say, Kaylin? No, I just said, I remember when Disassemble started, I was really excited because yeah. I like Matthew Rosenberg, and it was supposed to bring in all the various threads from his New Mutants Dead Souls miniseries, uh, the Madrox miniseries, sorry, no. Clark. No, uh, um, <laughs> uh, As well as another, uh, uh, oh, the Astonishing Run he did with Havoc. And I was like, oh, he's going to finally be able to finish all of this in with like a team of uncanny X-Men that I really liked. And then after the first issue or two issues, I was like, where is this going? And this is so fucking dour and just angsty and awful. I hated it. I hated it. It's Not kind even of a shame. like any sort of well done angst. It was just death porn. It's, I'm, it's, a, yeah. I'm a straight up it's shocked. It's great because it, it, you know, Age of X-Men was something that could never live up to, I think it's initial promise that, it's never just going to be a very interesting, like there was a few stuff we liked in it, but overall it was just meh. I think yeah. somehow Dissembled had the opportunity to be like an interesting contrast. There was a lot of opportunity in a very specific niche and that, you know, you had all these interesting branches you could go in that for the story to be so weakly told for them to do crazy things like show death off screen uh, or off the page, and then have characters react to it. I just thought like it, w it was very, it was very disappointing. I would yeah. like to state that um, Age of X-Men met my goal of a random tiny French woman yelling at everybody and then being murdered for no reason. Was she killed in that? Monet. <laughs> what? Monet, uh, or wasn't it Monet or M or whoever the fuck it was? It was like a tiny- We're not even talking about Age of X-Men. Let's, let's say what you're talking about. Adam, you're thinking of Manet. It's a different artist. Go on. <laughs> um, Magneto's uh, X-Men was actually, you know, I never read it the first time around, um, even through the Greg Land art. Um, it's not a bad series. Uh, Colin Bunn is hit or miss as a writer. Like, he wrote X-Men Blue, and, like, I didn't really love it, but he knows how to write a good Magneto. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why he's, so. well, X-Men Blue, he was like, I don't want to write X-Men Blue. Give me Magneto to use. Right. Yeah. Because he did write that Magneto solo series as well, which is really good. Yeah, and uh, um, the led, one issue I had with too. Magneto's Uncanny, I actually I thought this was the best of terrible art that Greg Land has done. It didn't look quite as porny as many of them have been in the last do, ten years. Do you think he actually like drew some of it? I don't know. It? I think he just started oh. tracing stuff that wasn't porn. 
<laughs> I I don't know. There were some scenes with M where like she's well, no. like licking her lips. No, no, she like, always does. Yeah, she always does this weird tooth thing. Um, yeah, and then like, the other uh, thing is that I she pulls out I, her I, tooth I, and shows it to everyone. His Psylocke <laughs> is very strange. Like she was getting mad because there's so many secrets, and I'm like, bitches, Magneto, there's secrets. Why are you gonna kill him? Because there's secrets. You know there's secrets. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. We should we should just go ahead and take a vote. Uh, uh, all in favor of Magneto's Uncanny X-Men going forward? Thumbs up. It it's very disappointing for me because I actually think that Disassembled um, would make an interesting like mini series or something like that if it was produced like as a TV show. If you could just like accept the premise. Um, so five to zero. Uncanny Magneto's Uncanny is going forward. Clark, next uh, matchup. So for the next three matchups, I'm not going to be able to mention Phantom X or Psylocke at all, which is basically <laughs> what I've been saying the entire time for the rest of the day. Or Salazar uh, LaRocca. Right. <laughs> oh, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> he showed up much more than I thought. Okay, so we got the New Mutants. This is like the, uh, that became the original X-Force, the Cable Era. And that's versus the Counter X X-Force. That is going to be, all right, once they were children delighting in a dream, now they're soldiers fighting for the freedom of their kind. That is the first issue of X-Force. That is the fucking line. Of, yeah. Isn't that gross? All right, Cable has new mutant remnants and Sobrando is on the offensive against his clone strife in the mutant liberation front. Come to play, buffoon. Come to die. That's the first line. That's the first, one of the first things that Shatterstar uh, says. The characters are Cable, Cannonball, Richter, Boom Boom, Sunspot, Barrel, Shatterstar, Warpath, Domino, and then Real Domino. Rob Liefeld, of course, was the creator. And Louise Simonson, Fabian Nikesia, Greg Capullo, and Tony Daniel. What? Yep. Nikesia. Yeah, he's got, yeah. New Mutants, 1990, and then X-Force, 1991, issues 1 through 43. That's versus Counter X. X-Force, Pete Wisdom is a new team member. X-Force into a world of international intrigue and corporate sabotage, but then he like immediately dies and then he's not dead. And then they die, but then they're not dead. And that all takes place in 13 issues. And that's Warren Ellis, Ian Edgington, Will Portacio, and characters are Pete Wisdom, Cannibal, Warpath, Meltdown, and Domino. So I'm a huge fan of Warren Ellis. I love Pete Wisdom as a character. This run is trash. It's bad. Trash, it's, trash, trash. It's, boring. It's, it's so boring bad. trash. It's boring trash. Um, the original, you know, X-Force, yeah, we all shit on, you know, Rob Layfield, but like rereading like those New Mutants issues, the last 10 to 12 before the series ends and goes into X-Force, and then like the first couple of issues of X-Force, there's a reason why Rob Layfield was as popular as he is. Um, yeah. he, um, he was very like, uh, different from a lot of other artists at the time. He had a lot of dynamism on his page. Uh, uh, and like, if you were a kid, you're like, holy shit, this looks so fucking cool. The book actually gets really good once he leaves. When yes, Davey yes. Nicieza writing it, and then Greg Capullo is the artist who is, an, he's a great artist, and he was really good back then. And then, and then Tony Daniel right after him. And it is, it is a shockingly good X-Force title. Um, I love the characterization. I love the, uh, the missions they go on. It is the high point of early 90s X-Books as far as I'm concerned. Um, and th this is not a contest. I mean, none of these yeah. really are. No, not but, a single one. Uh, yeah. it's, it, it's crazy because this, this category, although it may be called paramilitary teams, could have been just called X-Force. And the quintessential X-Force is literally this. Yes, yeah. It's the too many pockets. It's the too many, the guns that are too big. It's the like, let me just say something crazy before I blow your face off. It, this is literally a, everything that we make fun of now and all like social media and just like in general, like TV shows and stuff now is because Layfield, God rest his soul. I think he's dead to me, but like <laughs> it is because this happened like the art styling everything about this is like so iconic yeah and th th this x-force team went up against literally the iconic x-men teams and they did just as well so like yeah there's something there like there's something uh 
maybe it was just the time frame that it happened, but there's something magical there. And to compare the Counter X thing, which was probably like the third or fourth reboot that they were trying to make X Force happen again, and it, I, I just don't think it really ever happened. I the love Pete Wisdom, just like you, but like it just didn't. No, it I mean wasn't. he dies yeah, quickly. Not, not doesn't show direction. up. It's yeah. not enough new age things that we need in X-Force to make it iconic, I feel like. We need something and also, groundbreaking. From, from an impact standpoint, uh, the original X-Force introduced Deadpool. Um, and so Deadpool and that, Strife, yeah. Great point, but, yeah. I mean, Deadpool, who mm -hmm. has had two successful movies. Super important. You know, several, uh, several successful books. You know, like one of Marvel's most uh, iconic characters now over the last 20 years. So... Um, you know, that's that just from impact, even if the book was shit, which part of it was, but uh, part of it was really good. If it was all shit, the impact of Deadpool would just carry it over as far mm -hmm. as I'm concerned. Was there anything uh, unique or interesting as a takeaway for Counter X Force? No. <laughs> all right, let's vote. Oh, yeah, no, no. All right. Pete Wisdom was yeah. in it. That's about it. That's true. Bedlam, go. Bedlam got on board. Other than that, no. All right, thumbs up if you think the original X-Force should go forward. And in this case, it's five to zero. <laughs> Has there been a not five to zero so far? No, I was gonna, I was gonna vote down because I put, uh, I put the counter X in my thing. Cause I was like, oh, that seems interesting. <laughs> I was what? pretty close to voting, to voting for Extreme X-Men because it's got the word extreme in it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that is cool. So we can't deny that. Honestly. It's cool, K-E-W-L. Because like you guys get it, because it's like they're the X Men, and then there's like an X like <laughs> found in extreme. Yeah. Anyway, it might go. I didn't get that I, until now. That went over my head. Yeah, Clark. Shut up! Shut up, Adam X. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah. now we got the Krakoa X Force versus Young Cable's X Force. So Krakoa's X Force. X Force is the CIA of the Krakoan government. One part information gather, one part wet ops. Domino's flesh has been used to augment anti-mutant militia that allows them access to the mutant island. And Xavier is killed, and X Force has to put a stop to it all. That's X Force 2019, issues one until present day sometime in the next six months when the issue comes out. Uh, Benjamin Percy, Joshua Kassara, uh, characters are Wolverine, Black Tom, Jean Grey, Sage, Domino, Kid Omega, Colossus, and Beast. That's going up against Young Cable's X-Force, which is um, X-Force uh, issues, uh, excuse me, issues one through 10, that's X-Force 2018. That's Ed Brisson, Dylan Burnett, and that is Young Cable, Shatterstar, Boom Boom, Warpath, Domino, Deathlock, and Cannibal. Cannibal, Jesus Christ. Not cannibal. cannibal. Um, well, I, like, I like cannibal. Hey, is it cannibal? Fuck it, I don't know. Anyways, they're mad at Cable for killing old Cable, but then they run into him, and then they're like, okay, this is good, and then they go fight bad guys in Transia, and then Strife is from the future with weapons. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, I wanted to like uh, Young Cable in this context. Yeah. And I do like Young Cable as a general concept. I think he needs to be rebooted out of sort of his 90s things that we were talking about before. His team that he put together, the characterization was pretty good. It was fine uh, enough. Uh, I, it felt like a holdover series until mm -hmm. they were building to something bigger. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. whereas I know Krakoa, like this current run that we're reading right now, hasn't had that longevity of like a run, but I think there's something more iconic and more memorable about it because X-Force is something where you just like encapsulate a really like clear mission statement for me. And this one, like the new Krakoa, Krakoa one has one where they're like, this weird ops team of like trying to like do a CSI slash it, it makes sense. The other one does was just nonsense and they were throwing together old characters. The, if I can uh, dovetail yeah. what Ryan was saying, I think that, you know, a kind of feature of X-Force teams is how kind of independent mercenary they behave, but that in the um, shadow of Krakoa and the mutants having their own country, they instead become um, 
rather than like paramilitary, more like a CIA. And yeah. their ability to operate is actually at the discretion of their governing body, um, which I think, you know, it feels a little bit richer. It, it takes a prior concept and I think makes it work more interestingly. Um, there's a lot of made up countries that they go to, which is <laughs> always yeah. great. But I, I, feel I think it can work better. Like I'm very hopeful for its future because I think it can make a better commentary about like the nature of trying to intervene in other countries' affairs. Mm -hmm. I felt like the same way with Young Cables X-Force that I felt with the um, Decimation uh, era New Mutants when it was just like, okay, I'm glad they're back together and they're hanging out and they do seem like friends and that's nice, but also yeah. I've seen this before and I'm not really getting anything new out of it. Yeah, the Young Cable X-Force, like it was perfectly competent and the art was actually quite yeah. nice. Dylan Burnett like actually had a very unique style and I really enjoyed I like reading that, all yeah. those issues. But, you know, um, you know, Ryan, when you said the uh, Krakow X-Force only had a few issues to make its impact, uh, they're about the same. There were only 10 issues of Young yeah. Cable yeah. X-Force. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally one issue more. Yeah, so it's been nine issues of the Krakow X-Force. Um, and so, like, it's a, you know, fine enough comparison between the two. Uh, if, if Young Cable's X-Force was up against some of these other, like, shitty teams, I think it would be moving forward. But Krakow X-Force just has a lot of potential, and there's been some really lovely no. issues. And the fact that, like, in the first issue, they assassinated Professor X, which had, like, repercussions across all the Dawn of X books, I think, you know, has a huge impact. This was the only, Young X Cable was the only series on this list of, of like, the ones that I knew were going to lose. That was like, this one, if it was up against something else, would probably You, you thought the first team that we were analyzing was going to maybe win at some point? What? <laughs> the one that was just terrible and it only ran for four issues. You thought that was maybe going to win? No, I said this is one of the no. Oh. The one I knew was already going to lose. This is the oh, one okay. I thought had the only functional chance of any of them. Yeah, it's just too much of like a B plus yeah. action movie. Like it just doesn't stand out. But I, I did enjoy reading it. But it's it is a relatively forgetful impact. Series. I do love slash hope that remember how I oh I'll talk about it. Remember how I always say that I don't like Psylocke and Phantom X because I said I wasn't going to mention them anymore this today. Well, in the inverse of this of like X Force romances, I hope this continues the um, the Colossus and Domino, Domino. romance. Yeah, love that. I agree. Yeah, I like that too. I absolutely right. love that. Let's do a uh, um, a thumbs up, thumbs down. Krakoa X Force going forward. Thumbs up. Oh my gosh, five to zero again. Can we pull it off one last time? Clark, last teams. Okay, so we got the domestic. De Jesus Christ, Destination <laughs> okay. Era X Force. Destination Era. <laughs> Yeah. It's pronounced decimation. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think you're used to talking this long at once. So you're just reading having, is like, hard. Locking up. <laughs> decimation era X Force versus Weapon X. Um, um, after the M Day's activities and attacks on Hope, Cyclops gathers a team of hunters and killers to stop the purifiers who reformatted Bastion and resurrected a bunch of mutant hating villains. Meanwhile, Celine has created an army of undead mutant. Technolo technological organic mutants and attacks utopia. X-Force has to stop both threats and Wolfsbane has some god wolf sex. <laughs> that run is X-Force 2008, issues 1 through 28. Creators Chris Yost and Craig Tile, Clayton Crane and, uh, shoot, Opena I believe is the other artist. I don't remember. Anyways, characters are Wolverine, Warpath, X-23, Archangel, Domino, Elixir, Vanisher, and Wolfsbane. Versus Weapon X. William Stryker takes over Weapon X and uses Mutant and Hulk DNA to create Weapon H. A new team forms and hated enemies have to join together to stop them. Weapon X is 2017, issues 1 through 27. Creators Greg Pack, Fred Van Lint, and characters are Old Man Logan, Sabretooth, Lady Deathstrike, Warpath, and then Domino and later M. There were 27 issues of Weapon X? <laughs> yeah, we stopped we reading stopped at 17. Around 17. We read 17 yeah. issues of Weapon X. We read so, so much Weapon X. The only reason I would even consider voting for Weapon X moving forward just to hear Adam go, ah, play again. Just say it, Adam. Oh, Adam, say it. Too. 
Yeah, I'm voting for Weapon X because of ass play. Oh <laughs> you're not. You're not voting. Well, for Adam, you'll never get ass play again for that. Vote, <laughs> so I know. Okay? I know, Kaylin. You were talking about how dark the Decimation Era X Force is. Yeah. Not just in terms of just story, but in terms of art as well. Yeah. So, um, rereading it, like I really liked this series. Uh, it, like it's, it, it, it makes sense why it exists. Yes. Uh, why Cyclops has this Black Ops team while he's on Utopia. All of it makes sense. Um, stories are very good. The art is hard to get through. Clayton Crane's art is, it's both, it's it, dark and it's also very like robotic looking. It looks like something you'd see like in like shows like Reboot or, um, oh. or like it's just, it yeah. just feels like very rendered. And like, it just makes me kind of uneasy reading yeah. it. But... I was wrong about um, when I said Opena is the other artist, Toy is the other artist. And so half the issues are actually like, they've got like a kinetic and a dark style to it, but you can actually see what the fuck's going on for half of the yeah. series. Yeah. It's just not the beginning and ending of the series when you got like the big, you know, moments. I think, yeah. we, I think we as a group look at characterization and maybe a little bit plot as like the main driving force for most of these. I don't think even between these two, there's anything really to discuss because no. one is a good title and one is a bad title. <laughs> so okay. I don't. Adam, if you we... vote for Weapon X, I will hunt you down. We'll hunt you down. I'm not voting it's, for Weapon uh, X. I, I did. Like they hunted people in Weapon X. Adam, at the at the end of Weapon X, the last couple issues deals with Nightcrawler's father, Azazel, like that weird demon guy. Oh yeah, you're gonna love that. You're How gonna love that. Read up. Read up in that series. Yeah. <laughs> also, but another good reason to vote for Weapon X is Brent thought those cows were farmers. Oh, that <laughs> is true. That is. That is the only reason I would ever yeah. vote for Weapon. X. I'm talking about oh, those that's cows. That's why I'm week. going to vote for Weapon X. So are you guys ready for an upset? <laughs> nope. <laughs> You're going to make me upset, bitch. All right. We're all voting for Decimation X. All right. Uh, all in favor for Decimation X-Force uh, to go forward. Thumbs up. Give me that ass play. Give me that ass play. <laughs> How uh, dare y'all? I'm giving it a thumbs up because I it's four to one in favor of Decimation. I'm only giving it a thumbs up because I hate the fact that it actually, Kalen brought up those stupid goddamn things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite So they're all five to zero, because shut up, Adam. <laughs> Adam doesn't like that. All unanimous. Adam, let's be honest, though. Did you really prefer Weapon X? I never read Decimation. <laughs> <laughs> but You're... did you prefer Weapon X to not reading it? No, no one should read Weapon X. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. All right, so that I'm giving that a five to zero. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But everyone should try ass play once in a while. Is it is it worse than reading nothing? And the answer is yes. <laughs> what are your All thoughts? Right. But I will bring back when we re-listened to uh, that issue of Weapon X, like early on when we were doing Homo Superior when Ryan just starts screaming, you dumb shit, to Brent, makes me laugh every time when he thought those cows were farmers. Yeah. <laughs> every time. Uh, you dumb bitch. And also, all right, so. Fucking uh, idiot, I believe. Clark, do you want to read down uh, what's going up the next time they're competing? And then Adam, do you want to read off what's going on next week? Yes. All right, so. What we have now next next week, excuse me, on May 28th for the paramilitary teams is Uncanny X-Force versus Cable and X-Force. And then post-Cable X-Force versus Uncanny X-Men, which is a rise and fall of Shi'ar Empire. And then we have Magneto's Uncanny X-Men versus the original X-Force. And finally, Krakoa X-Force versus Decimation X-Force. All right. And then the second round begins next week, and it's going to be pretty intense, actually. So uh, on the X-Men and uh, Young teams are what we're going to be going through in one session. And on the X-Men side, you're going to have the original five versus the all-new, all-different X-Men, which is going to be, I think, a huge competition. Outback Era versus the 90s X-Men Blue. Uh, 90s X-Men Gold versus uh, Morrison's run for new X-Men. Astonishing X-Men for Whedon versus the Decimation Era Utopia X-Men. 
And then quickly for young, you've got the original New Mutants from the 80s versus the Krakoa New Mutants, most of which are the same characters, uh, but they've grown and changed. Gen X original versus Gen X 2, post-decimation New X-Men, so Academy X versus Generation Hope, The Lights, and then Wolverine and the X-Men versus the time-displaced original five as X-Men Blue. So I think this is where things will stop being, that fucking series sucks, and start being, oh, this is a tough toss-up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one last reminder before we go, um, please try and donate to the comic, uh, to the Book Industry Charitable Foundation, the B-I-N-C, and their Comic Book United Fund. Uh, if you like any of the podcasts, X Reads, X is for Podcasts, Comic Book Queers, the podcast that goes snip, the Cerebros, or us, Homo Superior, please make a donation. Take a screenshot of your donation and send it to us if you'd like to get any of the perks. Um, we really want to help local comic book shops. So the more you give, uh, the happier you'll make us and the world. Uh, with that, uh, this has been the last of our first rounds. Woohoo! I just want to say, it. mutants need a dirty trick crew and we're <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been Homer Superior. Good night. Good night. <laughs>